Hey, brothers and sisters. It's good to be here with you. Um, this week was a very trying week for me. Um, I, thanks to David Aubrey, I was able to go and see my family in Florida. My family is, uh, was, they were right in the path of the hurricane. And um, got to witness a lot of pain and a lot of sadness and a lot of destruction. And I uh, got to see... <laughs> got to see what it looks like to, um, to lose a lot. And so I came back on Friday and <laughs> tried to prepare this sermon. <laughs> so bear with me and be with me. And let's pray right now that we would see our Lord and Savior, that he would meet us here and he would be our shepherd, our shepherd to lead us through some really challenging times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the good God. You're the God who sees our needs, and you invite us into life and light. Lord, may we see your life, and may we see your light this morning, your love for us, your care for us. May we experience you and um, come ever closer to you. Be near to us, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. In your name I pray. Amen. So there's uh, something I've talked about before, but there's a side, a side to Jesus that is very uncomfortable for me. And it may not be uncomfortable for you, but I, I do love making people feel loved. I love making people feel cared for. I love making people feel like I appreciate them. And, and sometimes Jesus doesn't do that. <laughs> sometimes in the Bible he gets kind of nasty. Not nasty, that's not really the right word, but he gets confrontational. Um, and he gets uh, a little bit rough. And we're going to look at a passage this morning where he does just that. It's in uh, Luke chapter 12. 12, starting with verse 13 and going down through verse 21, and then we're going to skip a little bit and read 32, 33, and 34. But before we do, I just want to set a little bit of the context. Um, starting in chapter 9 of Luke, 9.51, Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem. It's here that he says, it's game time. I'm heading to my end. I'm heading to my goal. And that is the cross. His, his movement is all consumed with his preparing his disciples for his upcoming departure. And so between 951 and 1928, roughly, his triumphal entry, it is Jesus is teaching his disciples about what it is to be a follower of Christ. Now sometimes sermons can be really hard to follow. And I want to give you guys some freedom. 30 minutes of us, me talking can get exhausting. If it's too hard for you to listen to me this morning, just start in 951 and slowly make your way to 1928 and engage with how the Lord is speaking to you. If you do thrive listening to a sermon, I invite you to hang with me. But if you need that space, that's a great place to start meeting. And Jesus will teach you. He'll teach you what it looks like to be a disciple of his. He loves you. He's calling you to himself. So, let's read 
Um, this text, chapter 12, starting in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain man, of a certain rich man, produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, mm, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, <laughs> Self, or you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Skipping down to verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do we see? I'm going to give you a, a billboard of what we're looking at here. It's essentially, you could have guessed it, three things. Um, but a little bit different of the three things. So the first is Jesus gives us a command, a command to beware. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that command entails and what the context of that command is. And then he's going to tell us why and how. All right? Two things in each of those. Two whys, two hows, and we'll be done. You guys ready? Let's go. All right? Let's go. Lord, meet us here. All right. So the first is the command. Now, Jesus has been teaching and walking with his disciples, and a crowd starts forming around him. And in the beginning of this chapter, it says the crowd is so big and so desirous of getting there that they are kind of trampling over one another. So just picture chaos. <laughs> and in the midst of chaos, Jesus is there teaching his disciples. Jesus is there loving his people. In the midst of chaos, if you find yourself in the midst of chaos, I want you to know that your, love, your Savior loves you, and he sees you in the midst. All right? So he's there in the midst of this chaotic scene, teaching his disciples, and he's telling them, hey, look out for the Pharisees. Look out for the leaven of the Pharisees. They are outwardly something and inwardly not. Don't live this double life. Don't be afraid. I am going to be with you, and my spirit will build you up. And when you experience persecution, I will be there, and I'll teach you what to say. So he's preparing his disciples for the hardships that's coming. All right? And then this dude, then this man, shouts out. Someone in the crowd said to him, 
Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Hey, <laughs> Lord, or teacher, rabbi. Now we're going to talk about, a little bit about what that, that entails, right? So what's going on here is what is actually pretty common. If you have, a, if you have beef with somebody that involves the law, you're going to go to someone who is um, an expert on that law, and he's going to adjudicate between you and your, your, your opponent. And that's what this man is doing. He's saying, hey, teacher, rabbi, tell us who is right. And we don't know all the context or the circumstances behind this request, but in Deuteronomy 21, it does emphasize the firstborn gets a double portion, the rest get a single portion. All right? So there is a division of an inheritance that is right if you are a son and a daughter. Daughters get uh, part of the inheritance too, but not the double portion. So he's bringing an Old Testament question, and he's saying, Jesus, rabbi, teacher, decide. Tell him. Tell him to do this. Um, and Jesus isn't, a, Jesus isn't a fan of this request. Notice how he responds um, in verse 14. He says, Man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you. Now the weird thing about this response is that Jesus is the judge of all the world. Like, kind, kind, God kind of did, right? Like, God, 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 this is the, my son. He's going to judge the world. But what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, you don't get to co-opt me into your greedy ploy for something more. Man, who, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know who I am? What? No. I'm not going to be a part of this. Move on your way. It's a heavy, a heavy, harsh response. And Jesus then uses the circumstance to address a danger. He says, then he said to them, either the crowds or the disciple, the disciples, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. It says, watch out, be on your guard. Um, it's a double kind of two, two words in the Greek that are right next to each other to emphasize the danger. Watch out, beware. Um, or beware, be on guard. Be on guard is a very active thing. Beware is a very vigilant thing, right? Gear up. This is coming for you my disciples, my people, those who want to follow me. Beware and be on guard because greed is lurking. Because greed is lurking. It's a harsh response. He's very dismissive of this man. He doesn't even name him. There's nothing familiar or, or warm directed to this guy. It's man, essentially, man, shut up and move on. Now, I don't like... I, I love to kind of, well, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. 
you know, can you do without it? Maybe he does deserve the inheritance. I, I, that's, I, I don't like to be that harsh. I don't like to be that strong. But Jesus loves people. And there's times when woe to you and beware and move along is exactly what you need to hear and exactly what I need to hear and exactly what those around you need to hear. I had a professor at seminary tell me, woe to you is mercy to the stiff-necked. It's mercy. It's God's mercy. He knows his people. He knows what they need to hear. And sometimes it's move on. Not here, not now. All right. But there's more here. There's a reason why Jesus is so hot and so quick to respond. All right. This is the why. Why beware? Why are we so strongly warned? And there's two reasons that I want to emphasize. The first comes from what this man is doing. All right. There was a movie that came out a long time ago, and it was called, uh, oh, I can't really remember what it was called. It was about a boy who, who um, got a vision of heaven, and he saw Jesus. Heaven is real. Is that what, do you guys remember that movie? Heaven is real. I got some nods back there. Yeah, yeah, so heaven is real. And at the end, there's like this painting of Jesus. And you get, and the boy says, that's Jesus. That's what he looks like. And when I was watching it, it's, it's a strange movie, and I think it's been debunked. But when I was watching the movie, I remember looking at the painting and thinking, is that really what my Savior looks like? Man, guys, I really want to see Jesus. And I hope you do too. I really want to see the man who loves you so much that he'd give everything for you. Who loves you so much that he feels every one of your pains and he catches all of your tears in a bottle and he loves desperately those you love. Don't you want to meet him? Don't you want to see him? Oh. And I got to like the end of that movie and I was like, the movie is a little goofy in some ways but also really touching in others. But I got to the end of the movie and I was like, whoa, is that him? Could that be what my Savior looks like? I'll be wondering that until I see him in heaven. This man didn't have to. This man was as close as I am to Asia, to Jesus, to the Lord, to the King of creation, to the one who loved him more than anything. That's how close. And this man totally misses him. He told, hey, teacher, Tell that man to give me some money. Beware, guys. Greed is a nasty thing. The desires that we have, the desires that we have that will blind our eyes to our Lord and Savior is a nasty thing. This man says, Jesus, I want you to give me what I want to give me what's mine. And Jesus essentially is saying, man, I'm heading to the cross to give my entire self for your benefit. And the only thing you can ask of me is to split the $17 that your father left you enough. What greed and what um, covetousness and the desire for possessions, the desire for things, it's, um, the term is play on, play on Nitsen. Um, 
what it does is it will become an all-consuming desire. And you will look at God and you will seek to use your God to get what you want. The God who loves you so much. The God who cares for you so much. The God who's walking, has set his face to Jerusalem and is heading to die. Jesus, I just need some money. I just need some money. Beware. If you give your life to the things of this world, you will miss the one who made them all. And you will use him as a tool. Daryl Bach emphasized it um, this way. He says, Living for possessions is an inversion of the created order where image bearers of God become tools to acquire or serve dead non-images. And in this text, what has happened is even more sinister than that because he's not just using the image of like one another. He's using the very, the very one that we are to image. God himself, he uses him to try and get what he wants. Beware. You will turn your back on the one that loves you so much. You will walk away from him. Be vigilant. Beware, friends. Beware. But there's another danger. And it comes from the parable. So let's just read the parable quickly. Um, and he told this parable, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. Isn't that interesting? It's the ground of a certain man that produces, not the man. It's just the ground is the subject. And um, the rich man like, is the one that owns the ground. So technically, you know, it's his. But the ground um, of a certain rich man produces a good crop. Um, and he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll have, um, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for you many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Here's the second danger, friends. This is the second why to the command to beware. Possessions and the things that you desire will not live up to the promises they make. They will not live up to the promises they make. Here this man says, oh, I've made it. He's already wealthy, but his ground produces a ridiculous harvest. And he's like, I need to tear down my barns. We're good. We're set. And then he has a conversation with his own soul. The text says, the, the NIV doesn't translate it as soul, but um, that's what he says. He says, I'll say to my soul, soul, you have plenty of good things. I'll say to my soul, soul. <laughs> right? Um, this man has made it. He gets to retire early. He gets to take it off. And then uh, that, that expression, take life easy, um, that is a fine translation. But the word is actually rest. Ooh, do I want rest? I've been carrying a chainsaw all week. Been up since set, 7 in the morning to 10 at night just ripping stuff down. 
Yeah, that's right. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. You guys exhausted? Do you want some rest? Well, I was on this, I was on this roof with these two guys. One of them was my brother. And they asked me what I was preaching on on Sunday. And I was like, well, the dangers of money. And, and they look at me. And they just survived the hurricane. And they're like, well, some money would actually help right now. But you guys are exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. Rest. What do you think, what do you think that possessions or whatever you're going for will give you guys? Rest, joy, eat, drink, be merry, food, drink. What do you think? What this man finds is what, right when he thought he made it, right when he thought he made it, the Lord says one thing to him, you fool. That's terrifying. You fool. Tonight, your soul, the soul you're talking to, suke, 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 three times. Tonight, your soul is required of you. And who will get all of your rest and all of your merriment and all of your joy and all of your food and drink? Who will get all that, you, that you've labored for? Who will get it? It promises nothing. I had another conversation with this one guy who was like warning my dad about, uh, wanted to warn, warn my dad about uh, insurance uh, people. And he looked at me and he said, Sam, your dad thinks that God's going to fix his bedroom. And I tell you, God's not going to fix his bedroom. He needs that money. He needs those insurance people to get it fixed. I'm not going to lie, guys, I felt it. I felt that. Man, what do you need? What's that need that you have? What's that need, that, that rest, that joy, that merriment? Where are you looking for it? I can tell you, you're chasing, if you, if you look for it in possessions, if you look for it in... Um, relationships, if you look for it in experiences, name it, you will find that it is fool's gold. And the minute you grab it, you'll lose it. It'll be something else. Beware. Beware. We live in a, in a, in a society that says happiness is just two blocks north or south. I'm literally, my house um, I'm, ju I'm, I'm just north of Olive, just north of Olive. And as you, as you, if you go five streets to the south, maybe six streets to the south, house prices jump $100,000. And you go another five streets and they go another $100,000. And you go another five streets, and when I'm driving from the church back to my house, I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice to live there? Oh man, wouldn't it be nice to live there? Oh, here is where I live. It never ends. It never, it never ends. Guys, there is no life in that. Jesus, that is the point of Jesus' text. That is the point of his text. He says, um, 
A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Ugh. So this is why this is so hard for me. I'm just, because there are some of you that have lost everything. And there are some of you that have nothing. And I'm telling you to look out for greed. And you're like, Sam, I, I don't know where I'm going to get lunch. My kids have been homeless. And it hurts. It hurts, but this is the text I have today. This is what the Lord says to you. Beware. Beware. I am the place where you will find rest. I will find it for you. You can take that to the bank. So how do we do it? How do we do it? And we'll be done. There's two ways that Jesus shows us how, he will, how to beware of this and how we can undo the chains, the golden chains that want to tie us down. And the first way <laughs> is to give it all away. Give it all away. Look at verse 32, uh, or 33. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Give it all away. Don't be tied to this. Don't be tied to this rat race. Don't be tied to the greed. Um, it's, it's one of the, the, the ways that Catholics argue that we will be safe from greed is to give in charity. And I think it's a beautiful call. Friends, when, you, when, when the um, plate passes by or there's a little mercy box in the back there, when you give away what you have, you say, Lord, take it. Take it, I don't need it to live. Take it, um, oh, what does Jesus say to the devil? He says, it's not by bread alone that man will live, but by every word that comes from the Father. Give it away. Release those chains. They will, they will ensnare you, they will encircle you, and they will destroy you. But you don't have to be. Because there's a second thing that Jesus emphasizes here, and I'm going to say this, and then we're going to be done real soon. The second thing is, comes in verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Don't be afraid. The Father has been delighted. He's overjoyed to give you the kingdom. When you put your trust in the Lord, He will make good all of His promises to you. When you give it all away, He says, I see it, and I will pay you back 100-fold. I will pay it all back, and you will experience rest, and you will experience food and drink and joy. I have got it for you. That's why I wanted Riley to read Psalm 23. The Lord is your shepherd. And he sees you. And he knows what you need. And he will care for you. 
every step of the way. And he promises too. When the man says, hey, Jesus, give me my inheritance. Tell that man to give me my inheritance. Like I said before, Jesus is on his way to the cross. Look at your Savior. He had it all. He was the Son of God, clothed in glory, and he gave it all away. And he became a servant. And he wants to feed you at his table. He wants to provide drink and food for you. And he wants to provide rest for you forevermore. Life and health and rest for you. Trust him. Follow him. He will give it all to you. You have a, you have a Lord who loves you. And he's come to meet us here today. He may not physically be as close as I am to Asia. Physically, he is in heaven. But he does meet with us today. What will you ask him, friends? What will you ask him? You can ask him for some things. You can. You can just be here today and then go about your life. You can come, that cl or you can come this close to the Lord of all and experience his love for you. My prayer for you today is that you will see him and the beauty that he, with which he loves you. You will know him. You will come to be with him at this table. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word. This is your call for us to beware, and for good reason, because you want to give us the kingdom. You want to give us all things. Help us, Father. Help us to seek you. Help us to turn from all, all other things. In your name I pray. Amen.